Today's show is pre-recorded. Like a million bucks, bucks, things in its cups. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me who could it be for Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah. Oh, Listening to the voice. Come on, dig me now. One and only Steve Harvey got a radio show. Oh man. Steve Harvey got a radio show because God, because God is simply amazing. Because God is off the chain. Because God is over the top. Because God is all that in a bag of chips. God is amazing, man. God will take you places that you never ever thought you would go. Oh, you know what? It, it Sometimes it amazes me when I'm watching uh, people talk about themselves and their careers and where they're at in life and things. And, they, and, and, and I hear people say, you know, always dreamed of being here. You know, I can understand when a person says that. I've, I've always dreamed that of something like this would happen to me. But I want you to think about that for a second. Did you really see it just like that, though? Did you really, really see it just like that? Did you really know that God was going to bring you through all he brought you through to get you to this place? Did you know that in spite of the losses along the way that would crumble the average person, that somehow he kept you through it all and that's how you got here? Did did you think of, you know, I mean, I mean you know, you know, I mean, since you're so busy talking about yourself now, have you forgotten all the times he was bringing you through when you didn't see no way that you was going to get through? Do you remember that? So when you sit there and you say, I dreamed of this, this is what I always saw happening. I don't really think so. 
I don't really think if you take inventory, a real close inventory of your life, and you look back on it all, stop looking at the moment right now. Remember where you come from. See, that's what gets me emotional sometimes. That's what makes me tear up because when something is happening to me in the moment, it ain't the moment for me. It's the memory of how I got there. It's the recollection of all the things, all the nights, all the days in that car, all the times by myself when I felt like I wasn't going to make it, but somehow I'm standing somewhere and somebody passing out an award to me or somebody calling my name. That's that. Did you really think you was going to make it then? So, so, so since you're talking about this is what I always dreamed of, did you really think? in those moments right there, that you would even be standing here today. That's why I try to, I try to get people to understand, you know, and, 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 and this is kind of for young people today, um, what I'm about to say, but then guess what? I, sometimes I had to remind myself of it, so I guess it's still kind of for everybody. You know, because I, w- I work with a lot of young people, and, 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 and so many times, man, young people just don't understand uh, what all it takes and I know and if you're a full-grown adult, if you're 40, you you really understand where I'm coming from because, you know, uh, you, it's, it, listen to me, young people, or anybody that don't understand this, that you got to do some things that you don't want to do in order to do what you want to do. You have to understand this principle of success or else you are not going to become successful. I got what you want to do. I got your ultimate goal is this, that, and the other. I got all of that. But in the meantime, though, there are some necessary steps that you have to take in order to become successful, and you cannot skip these steps. You can't jump over these steps just because you want to be rich Friday. I got that. I got that. Everybody got that. But if you want this, whatever you're talking about, whether it's money or success or fame or Climbing the corporate ladder or this is the position or you, all that's fine and dandy. Please hold on to your dreams. Dreams come true. But in the meantime, let me remind you of something. That you got to do some things you don't want to do in order to do what you want to do. Let's say you want to be rich and famous. Let's just say that's it for you. That's it. Now, it's a lot of other ways of being successful. Please don't think that's the only one. But I'm just saying, let's just say yours is rich and famous. And let's say some miraculous way, God made you rich and famous next Friday. Ta-da, there you are. You rich and you famous next Friday. Can I share something with you? This is not going to last for you. You know why? Because you have not done the things necessary. You have not done the things that you have to do in order to do the things you want. So now you're rich and famous. How you going to know how to budget money? How you going to know how to get up and, and keep clawing towards the top when you fall off your pedestal? See, you, it's so many things you got to know about something. And you think because it's what you want right now. It's supposed to happen just now. It's a process. When you ask God for something, please know God know the process. He know the necessary steps to take you through. Don't lose your patience with God because your dreams ain't coming true right now. Man, I, I, I you know, you know, 
I think the best way, y'all, is, is for me, I just use myself as an example. I, I really do understand why God has given me the life he's given me so far. I understand the being homeless part now. I get the not being successful when I wanted to part now. I get it. I got the delayed entry into the field of choice for myself. I got it now. I've been wanting to be on TV and a little comedian since I was a, nine years old. But guess what? I didn't get there till I was 28. But see, I didn't get it then. I was mad at God. You, you, you know what I want, and I'm sitting up here, hey, I, I got exactly what you want. But I got this process I want you to go through to get here, too. Because, see, I'm finna take you somewhere you don't know nothing about. One day you're going to have a radio show with your little stupid behind. You don't know this yet. I'm going to bless you with a radio show. You don't even know it. That's why I say every morning, Steve Harvey got a radio show. Because, see, I didn't I didn't see this one coming. But, see, God had a plan for me. It was in the blueprint of my life. So God said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make your life a little rough for you. I'm going to toss you up a little bit. I'm going to... I'm going to let you make some of these stupid decisions you want to make, and I'm going to make you learn from them. I'm going I'm to I'm let you be homeless for a little while. I'm going to let you not get into your field of choice until you're 28. I'm going to have people talking about if we had only seen him when he was younger. I ain't going to let you get your first car in your name till you're 38. I'm going to make you go through some things because one day I'm going to put a microphone in front of your mouth and I want you to honor me. I want you to talk about me. I want you to tell people what I bought you through. I want you to give people inspirational moments where they can see that your life was jacked up for a minute and I turned your life around for you. That's God dealing with me. See, so now I finally understand why I went through the life I went through so I could have something to say. See, I ain't over here telling you about what I think will happen. I'm telling you what I know can happen, that God does make dreams come true. But sometimes it take a minute. Sometimes you're going to have to do some things you don't want to do in order to do what you want to do. All right? I'll let you. I'm going to be tripping today. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, bear with me. This is the beginning of the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Go off. What? What? Who? Where? You talking about right now? Steve Neal? Shirley Carla Tommy Jr.? What? Boy, let him have it. Steve Harvey Morning Show, what it is, Shirley Strawberry. Who you talking to? Who you talking to? Watch your tongue. What's Careful. Up, Steve? Good morning. Carla Pharrell. Let him have it. Good morning, crew. Junior. Morning, everybody. You already know what it is. Nephew Tommy. You know what time it is. Time to give it to the people. In the words of my dear friend, the living legend Biggie Wig. Mm-hmm. Tell they mouth out. <laughs> That visual. <laughs> it's a crazy visual. Absolutely. Tommy made that noise a long time. <laughs> Everybody good? Yes. What's yeah. up? Tuesday yeah. morning, we good. What's happening? You know what? Bikram yoga. Oh, every day. What uh, happened now? Opportunity is yoga. I just, oh, yeah, you know, I can't do none of them poses, man. I just be in there for 90 minutes suffering. And you know what the instructor tells me? What? If you just what? show up and breathe. 
show up and breathe. You know, I can do a couple of the poses a little bit. Oh, well, that's good. Just a What's couple. What's the hardest one? All of them. <laughs> but don't you think if you went more often, Steve? Well, that's what they said. They say if they say if I go all the time to yoga, uh, that mm-hmm. you'll be able to do all of this mm-hmm. in in a year. I can't oh. see it. I can't the see the stretching. It. You don't see you. Yeah. No, you don't see you expanding. In no, a year. it's a couple of things I know I'll never do. I didn't tell her that, but I can tell you right now. There's nothing. There's a couple of these moves in Bikram yoga that I'll never. Ever, I don't even want to because you don't want to, yeah. Well, right. why would I do that? I'm trying to figure out why I but would I, sit between my legs with my butt on the floor and then lay my head back on the floor for what? <laughs> to well, why stretch. Are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the same reason you're doing all the other poses, Steve. It's a all stretch, the, right? It's beyond the stretch. <laughs> that ain't what this is. It ain't stretch. Stretching is. <laughs> so, Touch your toes. That's stretching. Uh-huh. This that they doing in Bikram. That ain't stretching. That's like you, you, you. This is rupturing, tearing, removing, <laughs> displacement. You a pretzel? <laughs> oh, dog, you way past. I don't even understand. I told that lady one time. I said, look, I can't do all this. I need, I need my rectum. For other <laughs> oh my God! All right, yeah. thank God, time's up. Coming up, you're not just minutes. gonna keep tearing this thing every time I come in here. Cause yeah. I need mine for other things. Coming up in 32 minutes uh, after the hour, ask the CLO, ah, Chief Love Officer. Right after this, you're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, guys, CNN's Don Lemon. Don Lemon will be our very special guest. Yes, and we cannot wait for Don to join us. He has a lot to say. But uh, right now, it is time to ask the CLO Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey. Steve, this one is from Dana in the Bronx. Dana says, I'm 42, and I just let my mother move in with me, and it's already a problem. She drinks a lot and has had men come by my house all hours of the night to drink with her. One of her visitors was coming out of my guest bathroom the other day, and I was still in my nightgown. The guy propositioned me, and I was furious. I told my mother she is not allowed to have men in my home anymore. She said, I can't tell her what to do. Well, how do I respectfully get my mother in line while she's in my home? See, well, you know, see, you can't tell her what to do in life, but you you can have rules in your house, and respect goes both ways. You're old enough now. How old does she say 42, she was? Forty-two. Forty-two. Who's forty-two? The daughter. The daughter's the daughter is 42? forty-two. And she just yeah. let her mom move in. Mm-hmm. Well, her mama got to go by the rules, or else, yeah. mama, where you want to stay? Yeah. But these men coming to me, proposition to me in my own house, that's yeah. unacceptable. I can't be in my home and be uncomfortable. Right. You can go out with me and just go meet them at the tavern, because that's what they are, they tavern do. Tavern? I love yeah. it. <laughs> meet them down at the tavern. Yeah, yeah. got to put a stop to that. Well, where? where? Shorties. Shouting oh, the tavern. Shouting. <laughs> Always have some nice smitties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can tell she's an, a nice woman because she wants to know how to do it respectfully. Well, Meanwhile, you her have mom to establish rules. Her. Yeah. 
And I, she, you, you can't tell her what to do, but you can, you can decide what happens in your house. You can't tell her not to see men, but you can't see them in here, though. That's right. Right. Period. That's right, Steve. All right. Uh, you're going to love this name out of Charlotte Colfax. Mm-mm. Colfax. Colfax. Henry Colfax. Yeah. Straight out of Cleveland. Come on, Henry. Colfax says, uh, my girlfriend and I had a weekend getaway in neighboring city, and my girlfriend made all of the plans. She booked the hotel. When we checked in, the girl at the front desk said, welcome back, and offered my girlfriend and I a discounted massage because of her loyalty point. I'm looking sideways at her all Mm. weekend after that. Do I question her about being a regular at this hotel, or do you think it will come out eventually? Hmm. Well, no, dog. When you meet people, people have histories. That's right. Ain't no need of you digging up the history. Mm-hmm. So she been to the hotel before. Welcome back. Maybe she liked the massages the down sauce. there. Yeah. Ain't she could have went down there on girls' weekends? Ain't mm-hmm. nothing to say she was down there with some dudes. So dog, what you tripping for? Cold facts. Now you know <laughs> he wants the facts. Now yeah. these is the cold, cold facts. facts. <laughs> Everybody had a life before fo- they met you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and like you had one too. Yeah. So don't now. blow a good thing trying to dig up dirt. Because whatever you dig up, it ain't really dirt. She didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how you think. Mm. Uh, no, man, you can't blame nobody for nothing that, that didn't have nothing to do with you. Right, right, right. That wouldn't bother you all weekend, though? You wouldn't be yeah, hell about yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> the shit comes out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just want to know. I like it, Tommy. I like it. <laughs> Are you being a hypocrite right now? Oh, hell yeah. I might have to be sitting in the car. <laughs> oh, so you would lay. No, I'm looking sideways. She likes the all. spa. That's all it yeah. is. She just likes the yeah, spa. Yeah, I mean, that's probably all it is. Yeah. You know, we gonna be, I don't mean to look still looking crazy. <laughs> all right, moving on. Amira in East St. Louis says, I'm dating... <laughs> I'm dating a man. This is crazy right here. This one, too. I'm dating a man that is married, and his wife is a lunatic. She's been knowing about us for a while, so I'm shocked she still cares. I think she needs to take all of her anger out on her husband because he seeks me out, not the other way around. I've had to get a restraining order on her, and I had to put cameras on the front of my house because I'm sure she was the one that tried to slash my tires once. I've asked her nicely not to bother me. Would I be wrong to beat her ASS one good time? Mm. I'm surprised she ain't beat your ASS one good time. Plus, you the one in the wrong. You sleeping with this woman's husband. You talking about he the one that seeks me out. He ain't got to look too hard. Right. You're right there. You responding. You know what <laughs> I mean? He no. seeks me out. You know, well, well, you know, you can put a stop to that. Right. He seeks he you out clueless. because you're wanting to be sought after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the woman know about y'all. She might be trying to fight for her husband. Yes. And, yeah, she was one to try to slit your tie. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. ain't all. Should I beat her? <laughs> for what? I Do you know... Her. The, the prison time you could do for that? Mm-hmm. You sleeping Assault. with a woman's husband. And now you won't do something to her because she over there to get her husband. That ain't how this going to work in the court of law. What? Girl, <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Did, has she asked you to leave her husband alone? <laughs> nicely. Nicely. <laughs> 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 Better give damn my hobby. You ask me nicely. Right. Mm-hmm.
All right, this is from Johnson in Omaha. Johnson says, uh, my kids and I moved to a different city after I divorced their mom. I got full custody and I moved so I would, uh, that I would have my family support raising them. My toxic ex-wife has decided to move closer to us, and I don't think she's fit enough to have visitation with our children. I don't want to say what's wrong with her, but she has some bad habits, and our children are all under 10 years old. I can't stop her from moving closer, but I can. But can I stop her from seeing them at all? Will this impact my kids later? Mm. I don't know because I'm not aware of the problem. But I do know that in a divorce, they rarely take a child away from a mother unless she's unfit. They don't normally do that. Women got dibs on them kids, man. And so I don't know what she did that caused the court to allow you to have full custody of them. But if they did that, you can get some. You don't deny them visitation, but you can get supervised visitations. That's for sure. Hmm. All right. Thank you, CLO. Brilliant as usual. Coming up next, the nephew would run that prank back right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, CNN's Don Lemon will be our special guest. And we love us some Don Lemon. You know we do. But right now, we love us some nephew, too. And he's here with Run That Prank Back. What you got for us, Nev? Neighborhood Watch. Lord. Neighborhood Watch. Let's go, cat. Hello? I'm trying to reach Johnny. Yeah, this is Johnny. Okay, you the one that be doing the neighborhood watch? You be walking your dog doing the neighborhood watch? Is is that you? Who's this? Is this Johnny? Who is this, man? This is PJ. Answer my question. Are you Johnny? Slow your road. Slow your road. I'm Johnny, and I do the neighborhood watch. Who, who, who is the damn PJ? I'm PJ. Baby, hold on, man. Don't call my phone. Yell at me, charging me up. Hey, man, I live two streets over from you, okay? And you're supposed to be the neighborhood watchman, but that ain't what you're doing. Now, I done caught you looking in the window at my wife. When I came outside, you was halfway down the street, you and your damn dog. Okay? So, you ain't watching the neighborhood. You looking trying to see some in the window. That's what you're doing. Picking some Man, please, I don't look at I do my job, man. I do my neighbor. I do my job. I do the neighborhood watch. I make sure people ain't breaking nobody's houses. I got a wife. What the hell? I want to look at somebody else's wife. I got a piece of at home. I don't okay, want to look at nobody then you else's. Need, then you need to stay out from looking through, people through, looking through people's window, man. You're supposed to be watching the neighborhood, not watching my wife's. Where you say you live again? Because I, 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 I live two streets. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, Mr. Johnny. A damn people Tom. I'm gonna show you what a damn people Tom is. No, I'm, I'm gonna show you what. No, I'm gonna point. start I'm looking through your window, looking at your wife. See, one peep deserve is. another peep, Mr. Johnny. But, but bring your over here. I want you to look. I want you to look in my damn window. This. Who the hell is this? I ain't got time for this, man. I got a job. I got a mortgage. I got kids. I ain't got time for this, man. Go look at a job, man. Go, go find a job. Go I got a job. job. I got a job. But when I'm at work, you got I a got job. It. Yeah, you got a job crying like a damn talking about somebody looking at your wife. Ain't nobody looking at your damn wife, man. I got a job. But when I'm at my job, I'm wondering if your is back at the house looking through the window at my wife. Please come to my damn house. Please. I'm coming later tonight to look through the window at Man, what the hell are you talking about? Calling me, talking about peeping at your damn wife. Get 
nobody. Because that's what you been doing, man. No wife. You probably ain't got no wife. You probably married to a damn midget or something. Man, what the you talking about, man? Talking about not peeping at your wife. You I've got, got, I've got a wife, and you is the one that's been peeping watching the neighborhood. But that ain't what you're doing. All I got to say, come over here now. Since you around the neighborhood, you three streets, whatever, how many streets, whatever you are for me, come right now. I stand outside with my dog, waiting on your I want you to come by. Walk I'm by. coming later tonight when she whatever. get out that shower, the same way you were looking through my window. Please, just come by. Don't wait. Just come by now, please. And, okay, I'll tell you what. With. I'll you come by right now, but I'm man. bringing somebody man, with me. You ain't what? Brother, I'm getting ready to, uh, to slow down so I can get ready and handle my business, man. I'm getting ready to go to work again today, man. What the hell are you talking about, bro? I got two damn jobs. I got jobs to work during the day and at night. And in between, I do the neighborhood watch. I'm doing your service. I'm helping your lazy ass out. Do I used to be watching people looking to see if they looking at your damn watch? Why don't you get you a second job or something, man? Why don't you Google? Why don't you look at Mustard.com or something? What the hell is wrong with you calling me? Talking about I'm peeping at your damn wife. Man, don't you ever call me with no Man, who the hell is this anyway? Do you want to know who it is? Yeah, who the hell is this? Because I got something for you. Who is this? I'm going to tell you who it is. This is Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You just got pranked by your wife, Trisha. <laughs> That ain't right, baby. That ain't right, baby. Johnny. Baby, that ain't right. Uh, man, you got me, man, because I said ain't nobody going to get me on no prank, man. I don't fall for that, man. I ain't got time for that, man. I ain't hey, got man, your time wife for no damn prank. Your wife told me you do the neighborhood watch. Oh, man, she said you do the neighborhood, you walk, you know, because what you got, a ride wilder? Yeah, she told me. I rock, I, that's why I use, man, because I want to be safe, man, just in case something happens. I just stick my rock bell on that. Yeah. <laughs> man, you got me bad, Tommy. <laughs> F you, you got me bad, man. You good? I'm good, man. I'm going to get her, though. I'm going to get her. All right, let me ask you this, though. What is the baddest, and I'm talking about the baddest radio show in the land? Man, the and there you have it. Neighborhood Watch. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Don't know how you think of this stuff. You just sit down and go, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be real, real stupid. Now let me figure out who I'm gonna do it on. That's all I do. <laughs> it ain't That's deep. All I do. Yeah. <laughs> Screening process ain't hard, is it? <clears throat> See, like this, you have to. You know what? You, you're supposed to capitalize on timing. Like right now, it's wrong. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. But right now, yeah, is a perfect time. For me to prank Kirk Franklin. I mean, it is a perfect time <laughs> not to now. do it. Too soon, it, too soon. I, I, I know, soon. but I'm telling you, it's perfect. <laughs> well, I'm telling you. I'm a damn sure take out. that one. He <laughs> <laughs> can get it all out in one fell swoop, <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> mm. Wow. Perfect time. And I love him to death, but this is perfect time. Kirk, yeah. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Who don't? Mm -hmm. Who don't? Mm -hmm. Wow. Love everything Kirk said. You hear me? Everything. Yeah, as the father of a young son, yeah.
Man, I know what you're going through. I stunt one of my sons. Okay, Steve, you don't have no. to say everything that comes Hell up no, in your no. Head. You think that cussing was bad? You disrespect me, and I and I and I see you. I, be, I bet you can't whoop my ass. I bet you that. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you By right now, fact. my sons can't whoop because they don't even know how to fight. They ain't even been in one. They don't even know. <laughs> I already you know, know they can fight. Kirk could stomp and then play stomp at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go ahead and do it, partner. And yeah. the people say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but the TikTok. boy gonna have to lay down pretty flat though for Kurt to be able to stomp. <laughs> see now, there y'all go. <laughs> Did you uh, see Kurt, somebody Kurt. on TikTok do the revolution? Do you want a revolution? <laughs> 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 I said, oh my goodness, bro, <laughs> dog. Yeah. You know what yeah. my father done said to me? Yeah, boy, man, dog. <laughs> what Kurt said, I was sitting up, I'm trying to figure out what, what's wrong. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Why is everybody upset? Man, my father. Woo. And then what he did after that? Now, my father hit me in the throat so hard one time. Uh-huh. I'm talking about in the throat. Yeah. Throat. Yeah. Need that R, but yeah. No. What you no. When you get hit in it, you don't need that R or <laughs> throat. All right, we got to get out of here, guys. But coming up at the top of the hour, as promised, CNN's Don Lemon right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Hey, everybody, as promised, joining us this morning is our friend. He's an esteemed Emmy Award-winning journalist. He's the host of CNN's Tonight that bears his name. Comes on weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, he recently launched a new podcast, it's called Silence is Not an Option on CNN Audio. In addition to all of that, my friend has a new book, and the title of it is This is the Fire. That's what right. I Say to My Friends About Racism. Boy, oh boy. He's joining us today to talk about the book and a host of other subjects. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Don Lemon. Yes, sir. Every Welcome back, night, Don Lemon. Don, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. And look, you know I'm working from home. As soon as you introduce me, the dogs start barking. How does that <laughs> they heard it. They know who I am. <laughs> they they, like, they That's Uncle Steve. Yeah, the greatest <laughs> introducer is bringing out our daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. Look. <laughs> All the dogs. Steve, thank you for the great introduction. And you know the book is named This is the Fire. It's after James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time. And so now we are in the fire. After the Capitol insurrection, after George Floyd, this is the fire right now. You know, man, that's we're going to talk about this because you opened yeah. the book with a heartfelt letter to your young nephew. What's his mm -hmm. name? Trishad? Trishard, yeah. Trishard. And you're trying to help him make sense of all the racial unrest in 2020. Tell us about that, Don. Well, you know, J James Baldwin opened his book, The Fire Next Time, with a letter to his nephew, and it was 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And he said, you know, we're celebrating this 100 years too soon. And so this is, I started writing the book. Well, let me back up just for a second. You know, during the Trump administration, if you're in the news and the president talks about you or tweets about you, everybody wanted you to write the book if you're reporting on the Trump administration, right? Between 16 and 20, everybody and their mama was asking me to write a book. And I said, no, I don't want to write a political book. I don't want to be connected to this administration. And then, Steve, 
George Floyd happened. And I was at home in quarantine. I couldn't go to my family. I couldn't talk to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I, I started by, by saying to my nephew that I was worried. I said, Trishad, I saw a man die today. And he called out to his mama. He cried for his mama. How old and is your nephew? He's 14. He's 13 okay. then. And I, you know, and, I, and I was worried about the world that he was about to inherit. That he, those, those young people are going to inherit this world that we have set up and created for them. And this was my way of showing love to him. And I said, if James Baldwin could write a letter to his nephew and start off a book, that's how I want to start off my book. So my, it's actually my great nephew. And I helped to raise his, um, his mom and, you know, his aunts, and, which are my nieces. And they're grown women now. They're doing great in the world. But he needed to know that I love him and that there were people like me, even though we may not have done it perfectly, Steve. I think you'll admit that. We tried. Wow. And I wow. was trying to tell him he has my support. And whatever he needed to carry on this world in a better way. And that's what I was that's why I did it. You know, that that's an interesting take, Don, because I think that uh so many people don't understand that as African Americans, uh the burden that we're saddled with in terms of helping to raise our younger generation, our children, our nephews, our young people. Mm-hmm. I don't think they understand what all comes with that. Because yeah. Like you said, you were home during COVID when George Floyd died. You, you have you compl- you uh you donate a chapter to this. What mm-hmm. were your thoughts, man, when you watched this on film? Because you had to cover it. Oh my goodness! I mean, I mean, over and over and over. What were your thoughts when you when you watched the video? What was Don Lemon thinking? It was it, it Steve. It was the weirdest out of body experience that I can't. It was like. It was like me, what me reporting, but watching me watch somebody else reporting, and mm. and let me tell you why I say that. First of all, it enraged me. It was in, as a person of color, it, it just it just honestly pissed me off. You guys can beat me or do whatever you, right. you want, but it honestly, I was so angry at the administration. First of all, they were gassing people with you know. Remember they did that in front of the White House, and then they were pretending that it was somehow the people who were oppressed that it was George Floyd's fault or the, or the protesters' fault about what was happening in the country. They were turning the tables. And then there was one night where I, did, I happened not to go into the city into CNN because I like to go, especially when we have big stories like this, I like to go in where the company has a setup where you know the line's not going to go down, the camera's not going to go down, the audio's right. not going to go out. Right. And so, but this one night, all hell broke loose, and my boss said, Get on the air. And I got on, I was at home speed reporting on fires on the West Coast, in, in Chicago, in New York, in, in LA, in Washington, D.C. And I'm crying out. I'm like, I felt like I was in, the, I felt like I was the only person left on earth. And I'm trying to explain to every, well, whoever's left, whoever's watching, look at wow. what's happening. And basically, I was saying, Help, help. And I said some dumb things that I regret that I said, because I was in, I was, I was crying out for people that I know who I know had influence to help right. because I felt like I was a man on an Island all by myself. And I was right. saying, look at what's happening to America. Y'all, please, please, please do something. So I felt like I was the only one doing it. Um, and because I was the only one on the air at the time. You know, that's interesting, man, because, uh, 
I often wondered how you felt because I understood where you were coming from when you were calling people out because, man, mm -hmm. you just wanted those of us who had a voice to raise up and use it because what you had been watching happening was like the it, it was almost the rebirth of the civil rights movement what happened it was surreal, with Black Lives Matter. Oh, it's crazy. Hey, Don, hang on right there. Hang on right there. We're going to come back. We got more with Don Lemon right after this. We got a lot to talk about with Don right yes, after sir. this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, we're back with Don Lemon from CNN. He's got a new book out called This Is the Fire, and uh, it's a compelling book, uh, and, 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 and it's all about relationships, race relations in this country and some of his takes on it. And we, when we left, we were talking about the George Floyd incident, and you've dedicated a chapter in this book when you what what did you want this chapter to speak to to your audience who read who reads the book? I wanted it to speak to just how um, dire the situation is when it comes to when, when when people speak about Black Lives Mattering. We know what Black Lives Matter means, and we know what the people who try to denigrate and downgrade Black Lives Matter. We know what they mean, mm -hmm. and we know that they don't care about our about our lives. And quite frankly, the, the, the entire book, look, see, this book is so honest. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble about it, but I'm honest with what we all need to do, and especially white people need to do if we want to fix this problem. You got to do the work. You can't say when something like George Floyd happens, the reason I, that was one of the reasons I wrote the book, because I had so many people calling me saying, what do I do? I felt like I left my black friends down. I didn't know that this happened, right? And I'm sure you had some of that too with people you oh, know yeah. who are of a different ethnicity. And so that's why I wrote the book. But then when you tell them what they need to do, they say, well, that's hard. I don't know, but it's practical. That means what? They don't want to do the work. So right. you have to do the work. And guess what? You got to know a black person. You got to know a Hispanic person. You got to know a person of color. You have to have a relationship <laughs> with someone if you're yeah. truly if you truly want to make the change. You can't just call your one black friend or someone your one black coworker when something like this goes down and expect like, oh, okay, and then donate some money. That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so that's why I dedicated to, to you got to be real. Let's be real. We got to know each other and talk to each other and have relationships with each other. See, that's the perfect way to put it, Don, because you cannot sit around each, each other as non-African-Americans and talk about a problem when you don't know all the idiosyncrasies of the problem. Right. It's, it's the same thing that we keep running into over and over. We have the wrong people trying to define the word racism. And they think if they just don't use the N-word that they're not a racist. They don't even know the understuff. I was watching a woman interview Toni Morrison uh, online the other day, and she asked Toni Morrison, you write so eloquently, will you ever write stories about whites? And I she says, that. I do. But you don't know how inherently racist that statement is you just made. And the white lady was sitting there just befuddled because she didn't get it. But why does Toni Morrison have to write a story about white people? You don't ask Spielberg or, I mean, you, you don't ask Spelling or nobody when they're going to write some story about some black people. You, right. you just take their stories. Hey, yeah. Don, hang on again, man. Uh, we All got right. Don Lemon. I got some topics. When we come back, I want to get his opinion on what's happening on the talk. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. When we come back, what's going Ooh. on on the talk? We'll be right back. I hope you have a job for me after this. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 
Hey, everybody, we're back, and we're keeping him over because uh, we get to talk with a guy who, first of all, all of us on the show, Shirley, Carla, Tommy Jr., Monica, we're all fans yeah. of Big you, fans. Don. Big fan. I oh, mean, yeah. bruh, yes. we, we talk often fans. about what the hell did Don say? Because yes. <laughs> man, we went, well, all right, what did Don say? Damn what everybody else said, because Don got that attitude we need. Because, you know, Don, the thing about you, man, is you're very uh, authentic. And mm-hmm. the thing that makes you a great reporter is, like it or not, you're going to say what you feel. And if it makes you uncomfortable, it's okay. But the thing mm-hmm. about it is, you don't lie. So, right. here it is. That's the truth. Well, here's what, as, I, as I read, if you read The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin, he talks about people uh, going to their grave you know, judging people, um, keeping the status quo in order, not really doing what they want to do. I don't want to go to my grave and not get everything out that I need to get out. And look, <laughs> you know, Steve, when you're first starting out and you first get a position, you got to be careful. Like, okay, I got to do this. And I don't know. I don't want to pick anybody up. And then once you get there and you establish that you can do it and you're successful, then as my mom said, you can show your ass. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not throwing my ass, but what I'm doing yeah. is I'm comfortable enough and I know that I have a platform and I'm in a position where I can speak with authority. You, you understand what right. I'm saying? Absolutely. And I, and I represent my people. And as you said so eloquently, that people are speaking about race and racism and they have no idea what it is. People are becoming more offended about the possibility of someone thinking they may have a racial blind spot or they're racist or they're biased than the actual act itself. And what does that say? That says you're entitled. That says that you have a privilege where you can think, I don't want anybody to call me racist. And therefore, that I don't want anybody to call me racist supersedes the actual racism. And then you make it all about you and your grievance. So, so we can't what have you, that. So, we're talking about the talk right now. Yes, I Let's am. Let's just no. be clear. This because is talk. we talked to each other via text about this, mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. we really felt. Mm-hmm. Now, the radio version and the CNN version of how we really feel <laughs> is we're going to share that with you now. When you saw what transpired on the talk, what were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts was... Um, Wow, there's going to be repercussions and ramifications for this that be up beyond what people are thinking right now, and nobody knew. And if you've ever worked in the in a in the world of television where you are where you get to share your opinion, there's a difference between sharing your opinion and insulting someone you work with mm-hmm. and calling someone um, really outside of their name without even saying it. So here's what I thought: the nerve. To tell someone when to cry and when to not. Yes. That's entitlement. That's privilege. You don't get to do that. The nerve for you to make it all about you. It's not about you. It's the actual act of racism. That's entitlement. That's privilege. The nerve of you to sit there next to a black woman who's talking to you about racism and discrimination and you try to define the moment for her and what it Mm -hmm. means to her, the Mm -hmm. nerve. And then for you to say, I am not racist. How the hell can I be racist? And they beat that because I'm an effing whatever. You know what she said. Mm 
Mm. So wow. the nerve of you to sit there in your entitlement and your privilege and be more uncomfortable and more aggrieved about someone actually thinking you're having a racial blind spot and you are sitting there on national television and proving the point that you <laughs> yeah. do. Come on, Don. Checkmate, Don Lemon. Man, yes. that is so much yes. more yes. eloquent than the text exchange we had. <laughs> <laughs> and this and guy Cheryl, is brilliant. Can you imagine if that was Cheryl, Steve? I'm sorry, I don't mean to just, I know it's your show. Can you imagine if that was Cheryl? Cheryl would not have lasted through the commercial break if she did That's that as a black woman on, on that show. Right. No, she would have been gone. Bro, you 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 ain't never lied. Listen, hang on, Don. We got Don Lemon. We're not letting him go. This is Big Radio. He's got a new book out, everybody, and it's called uh, This Is the Fire, and we want everybody to pick up a copy. It's going to be great. We'll be right back with more Don Lemon right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, we're back, everybody, uh, with the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Our special guest this morning is Don Lemon from CNN. Oh, man, and we are getting into it. The book, everybody, is called This is the Fire. Now, listen to me, Steve Harvey Nation. Here's the deal. We make hits. We send a lot of stuff to number one. This brother right here has been on the front line for us for years now. He has taken chances. He has made statement. He has been angry when it is time to be angry. But most importantly, he has been authentic and truthful. That's mm-hmm. all this book is. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to buy it on Kindle. We're going to buy it on Amazon. We're going to go to bookstores. We're going to run it up charge. Bestseller list number one, Let's Go Nation. This is the Fire by Don Lemon. Black Lives Ooh. Matter. We're going to spend money. This is how we do each other now. See, I'm gonna treat you like a, a artist that come in with a new song on my show. We done made some hits on this show, Don. Oh, we got nine million listeners. I'm talking to all of them, and a lot of avid readers too. So that's it. Hey, we were talking well, before we went. Thank you. From your mustache to God's ears, please. Thank you. you better believe. A lot of because stuff that went to God's ears under this mustache. Look, I'm telling you. I'm keeping Family Feud on the air because my TV stays on the Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was season. That, no, that's a couple seasons ago. That's two. Uh, oh, no, oh, this is a modern season right here. Yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. this family before. I, yeah. I watched yeah. all of it. So anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Steve. You're watching the evolution of Steve Harvey's wardrobe. You can... <laughs> I look back at the first season, I go, ooh, them suits was pretty big. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we, we were talking about the uh, Cheryl Underwood incident on uh, mm-hmm. on the talk. The thing that, uh, and we both talked about this, Don, was how Cheryl handled it was, was sheer mm-hmm. grace. And like you said in your text to me, she handled it like a queen. I was really disturbed because I don't like it when people become a victim. Right. I'm the one that should be crying. Why? Why, why? why should you be crying? First of all, this ain't about you. This about punk-ass Pierce Morgan. Now, we done said this now. I said this over and over. This about Pierce Morgan. This ain't about nobody else. This is what he said. And you know what amazes me about this whole situation, Don? If Meghan Markle was not black, we're not even having this discussion at all about the baby or nothing. The Mm -hmm. only reason 
we're having this discussion is because this woman is black. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Now, yeah. H- how the hell that ain't racist? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only factor involved here. Well, and it's also because you're doubting somebody else's story, Steve. That's what it's about. You're doubting someone else's story. Now, I, I always, I, I hate to make this comparison, but it's a real, true comparison that I think it's fair. Anytime, if someone says that someone felt uncomfortable in the workplace because I was a woman, that this meant, the first, how, what are people's reaction? It's always, oh my gosh, we should listen to this. Let's figure out, understand how these individuals feel, blah, 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 blah. But for some reason, when it's racism, there's always a different reaction and a doubt. Well, I can't believe that that would happen. Of course, this person can't be that. And I can't be that way because I've lived on this earth this many years and I've never, (laughs) no one has ever called me that. Well, maybe you've never had to deal with it. That's what privilege is. If if you have never had to deal with something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Then it does not exist for you. That is why we, that's why the term privilege came about. Because you have the privilege of not mm. having to think about it or worry about it because it doesn't exist for you. It oh, doesn't wow. happen to you. So I think that we should, the way that we, I always say when we have these allegations of impropriety in the workplace, that we should take everyone seriously and it should be investigated. The same thing for issues of race. So as, as much as women have had their Me Too moment, it's time for black folks to have our us too moment because discrimination in the workplace can be just as detrimental as harassment in the workplace. Especially yeah. if you have a, something that, that pans out in the workplace, maybe you and the boss get along, I don't know. I'm not gonna try to govern human behavior. But racism never works out for any the victim ever. Wow. You don't get a job because your boss is racist. You don't get a promotion because your boss is racist. What it causes you is to be paranoid. It causes paranoia. It causes you to doubt yourself. It causes you to have make less money, uh, to provide for your family less, to move around to different jobs instead of staying at the same job because you're trying to promote. There are so many things and aspects about discrimination that black people and marginalized people and people of color feel that happens to them in the workplace that have not been explored. So I say it's time now for a hashtag us two moment for black people when it comes to workplace discrimination. And I think that Cheryl Underwood is helping to usher that in. And let's pray wow. and stand behind her and I hope that she does. Man. Wow. That's brilliant. President. You ought to have a TV that's, show. Good. That's <laughs> He's good, isn't he? Yeah, Cheryl <laughs> did say she thought God had her on a bigger mission. So this could be it, you know? Yeah. What yeah. Don so just she said. Did. Mm-hmm. I believe I think that she did. You know, the name of the book, everybody, is This is the Fire. I mean, we are in it right now. We are Mm -hmm. in the fire. And this is a great time for us. Because since the Civil Rights Movement, I haven't seen anything like I've seen over the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. I just haven't seen it in my life. I'm 64. Voter suppression? Oh, bro. Insurrection on the Capitol? Insurrection. Oh, my God. Who's trying to overturn an election? Why is it that the Republican Senate, who know that this man has lied about this election being stolen, what do you think is the reason why they won't just call it the way it is? Are they that afraid of him? What is it, Don? Oh, okay. So I I wish I had the direct quote. But the quote that James Baldwin says is that it doesn't, 
for, for um, it doesn't require that anyone has to be evil. What it requires is that you have to be spineless. And they are spineless is what it is. They're afraid to stand up to him. Number one, because they're afraid of him, but not so much as they're afraid of him as they're afraid of losing power. Yeah. People are intoxicated with power. And what else are they going to do? What they're doing is exploiting the division in this country among the races and politically. And they know that they're doing it. And so Trump it was just the one that came along and that allowed them to be able to do this. Yeah. So now mm -hmm. they can do it with impunity. So he is, as I say in the book, and you, Steve, I say it, it burns my tongue to say this, but Donald Trump was probably the president we deserved. I know he was the president we deserved because, you know, we were, didn't, we weren't paying attention, but okay. probably the one we needed. And yeah. I hate to say that, but he exposed the racists in our society and the racism because we were living in this in this mindset that, oh, everything is okay and it's okay. Yeah, yeah we have racism, but we can deal with it. And then there were people amongst us yes. who we didn't know. Yes. Oh. We didn't see. Oh. And now we know and we see. <laughs> and now we can deal with all of it. Thank on, you man. for taking me into the doctor's office to, to diagnose my cancer. And now I could either have it excised or I can have uh, the treatment that's going to take care of that cancer. And that's what we need to do right now. That's why this is the fire. Wow. This is the fire, everybody. Mm -hmm. This yes. is Don Lemon. This is the book. Amazon, Kindle, download it, buy it, order it. I don't care how you do it, but I need everybody to get a copy of this book. This is the fire. It's available now by Mr. Don Lemon. Don, thank you so much, man. We love you, brother. We love you, thank man. You. I love you, you guys, thank you. too. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> wow, we love Don Lemon. Yes. He always knows what My to man. say, when to say it, and how, how to, to say, say it. it. Yes. Outstanding yes, yes, interview, yes. Steve. Outstanding. Yes, <clears throat> yes. great job. Great job. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, coming up next, today's Strawberry Letter. We follow that up with uh, the bartender's big tip. That is the subject. <laughs> we'll get into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Time now for today's Strawberry Letter. And if you need advice on relationships, dating, work, sex, parenting, and more, please submit your Strawberry Letter to steveharveyfm.com and click Submit Strawberry Letter. We could be reading your letter live on the air, just like we're going to read this one right here, right now. Buckle yeah. up and hold on tight. We got it for you. Here it is. Strawberry Letter. All right, subject, the bartender's big tip. Dear Stephen Shirley, I've been married for 12 years, and my husband and I are in our mid-30s and are regulars at a local bar by our house. We've met, most, we've met a lot of great people at this bar and look forward to seeing them weekly for karaoke night. I like the sense of community we have there, and we can hang out with the other couples we've befriended. Everything was fine until recently when I found out that my husband has been sleeping with the 22-year-old bartender that always serves us. Oh, I was yeah. devastated, and I couldn't believe it because when we would go there, she's always serving us with a smile, and she's such a sweet girl. I never thought about... Uh, the large tip my husband left for her weekly. Uh, we believe in giving money for great service, and she was giving him really, really good service behind my back. The thought of her having my husband's tiny little private part to herself has hurt me to no end. 
She told me that my husband has given her money for college, helped her with bills at times, and keeps her hair and nails done. She told me that she's been to my house, which is conveniently around the corner from the bar. We dealt with it in-house and argued and cried. He stopped, he begged me uh, for forgiveness, and he promised that he was going to stop seeing her. The problem is, he's still going to the bar once a week for karaoke night, and even though he sits in another section now, she still works there. Uh, I miss having fun with our regular crew, and I want to go back at some point, but I'm not there mentally. I'm still monitoring his phone and his whereabouts, and he said it's getting old, and I need to trust him. How do I ever trust him again? Uh, I don't know on this one. Uh, first of all, I got to say, I I'm really sorry that's happened to you. Um, it is nothing worse than someone laughing and cheesing all up in your face and everything while they're sleeping with your husband behind your back. And, and because of that, that's why the trust is darn near impossible to get back, if at all. I, I mean, I don't think I could because of who it is and how it was done. And the fact that he's had her all in your house, probably in your bed and all of that. Come on now. And excuse me, did your husband have the nerve uh, to tell you <laughs> to stop going through his phone and, and checking his whereabouts? Did he ha have the nerve to say that was getting old and that you need to trust him? <laughs> really, dude? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you can. I just don't know how you can. He, he's right back at the scene of the crime, and the girl still works there. This is compounding the situation, the, the trouble that he's in. He's back there already. Um, you, how can you trust that? I mean, that's how it happened in the first place. So I, who cares that he's in a different section? What does that even matter? Why is that even in this letter? I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, period. He's done nothing to try and win back your trust. Okay, so you guys cried and all, argued and all of that. Come on. He doesn't even have sense enough just to start stop going back to the bar. You know, he could have started there. This is crazy. I don't know if you'll yes. ever trust him again. I know you want to and you want to go back there, but I, how can you ever trust him with all of this going on? Steve? You know, fellas, I know y'all think, man, that I side up with women a lot of times, but I just come from the true standpoint of it. I just don't like it when men do stuff that's stupid and then the rest of us have to bear the brunt because of your mistake. A lot of us get distrusted because you stupid. <laughs> you know, a lot of us can't get past we deal with women with baggage because you gave them the baggage. And now here we go again. I'm just, this, 30, this couple been married for 12 years. Y'all in your mid-30s, regulars at a local bar by our house. You met a lot of great people. You go there, you sing karaoke, you meet people, hang out with other couples. Everything was fine until recently you found out that your husband had been sleeping with a 22-year-old bartender that always serves y'all. This lady said I was devastated. I couldn't believe it. Because when we would go there, she's always serving us with a smile. And she's such a sweet girl. Well, it's very sweet. <laughs> sweet as hell. Your husband thinks so. Oh, sweet tea. Yes. So you never thought about the large tip your husband left for her weekly. We believe in giving money for great service, and she was giving him really, really good service behind your back. The thought of her 
having my husband's tiny little private part to herself has hurt me to no end. And you decided to get him back by telling everybody he got a very (laughs) tiny little private part. Get him, girl. Get him. Mm. So, well, you just hurt him back. Mm -hmm. I guess he had that coming, though. Mm -hmm. She told me. Now, this one, I don't know how the hell we didn't have. She told me my husband has given her money for college, helped her with bills, keeps her hair and nails done. Mm. She told me that she done been to my house, which is around the corner from the bar. Now, we dealt with it in-house and argued and cried. Now, who cried? Was he crying? Because this sound like Sharon Osbourne right now. Turn yourself to a Why is his ass crying? Terrible. I'm Dog, I'm confused. How did she tell you all this? When we come back, I'm going to tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. I think. All right, Steve. Thank you. We'll have part two of your hell? response coming up at 23 minutes after the hour. Subject, the bartender's big tip. We'll get back into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, Steve, come on. Let's recap today's Strawberry Letter. Subject, the bartender's big tip. Yep. <laughs> Couple... Been married 12 years, they're in their mid-30s. Been going to a local bar for karaoke and everything. Got friends down there having a good time till she found out that her husband was sleeping with the 22-year-old bartender. Mm-hmm. Never suspected anything because the girl is really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's super sweet to your husband because he leaves a big tip. Now, we want to make sure that we got this right. We did say big tip. Because we couldn't have mistaken it for anything because you said the thought of her having my husband's tiny little private part to herself has hurt me to no end, which gets us back to all he had to do. All he had was big tips. (laughs) See, when you got little, small, tiny private parts, you got to tip big. (laughs) You got to have big tips because you ain't got nothing else. You got to pay for college because you ain't doing nothing else. You got to get your hair done and nails done and all this because ain't nothing else happening. Mm. You got to have a big tip. Because <laughs> your wife got it in the letter that you got the little bitty private part. Oh, man. Damn. Now, everybody down at the bar listening to this letter know it's you. <laughs> all right. Now, here's the part that threw me a little bit. She told me, this woman who wrote the letter, said that the girl told her that my husband is giving her money for college, helped her with bills at time, keeps her hand nails done, told me she been to my house, which is conveniently around the corner from my How did that conversation come about? Woo. Yeah, she didn't say, Steve. She went out there and approached the girl, and the girl said, yeah, he do this, he do that, he do that. You know. See, dude, got them young girls. Mm. And she all on Instagram, <laughs> posting. <laughs> yeah, her nails all in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the story. <laughs> yeah, every time she go down there and get a bag or something, she posted. Mm-hmm. Now, we dealt with it in-house, argued and cried. He begged me for forgiveness, and he promised he was going to stop seeing her. Mm-hmm. 
The problem is he's still going to the bar once a week for karaoke night, and even though he sits in another section now, she still works there. I miss having fun with our regular crew, and I want to go back at some point, but I'm not there mentally. So let me ask you a question. He told you he's sitting in another section? Because <laughs> <laughs> you ain't been back down there because you can't bring yourself to go back. But see, I would go down there. I'd go down there. I'd have myself a good time. Cause you know what I'd do? What? Well, I don't want to say that. Cause she might. Don't say it. it. Don't say it. You already said. Well, what song is? Come on, say it. Just say it. I ain't finna go down there, Miss Karaoke. I'm gonna go tell her boss that she slept with my husband. And if you don't get rid of her, me and my friends gonna take karaoke night somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Now, you ain't got to worry about your husband going down there seeing her because she going to be gone. See, lady, you you letting everybody live like they used to live except you. Mm -hmm. She's still working. She's still getting tips. He's still going down there. He's still singing karaoke. Everybody goes back to life as usual but you. I don't know how you didn't go to the the boss that owned the club and say, this is going to stop right here. Either she go or we go. What? Why is the husband still going down there? Why? And what? I agree with well, you on that. That's stupid. That's dog. Yeah. The last yeah, thing I'm going to do is go back down. I ain't that good. <laughs> yeah, to be able to stay away from her. Dog, yeah. ain't no man that strong. Y'all can stop yeah. all this now. I know. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. She, she'll never be able to trust him again. Yeah. He looking over the top of his straw every time she go back. <laughs> What are you doing, Steve? This right. He's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know he's sitting where he can see her. Come on, yes. they can make eye and contact. And she can see him. Every time yeah. she come by, this is what he do. Uh-huh. Yeah, he ain't uh-huh. back there in section. Uh-huh. He in section photo. He not at the bar no more. He, in the he, got, he got his little beer, little bottle of beer, keep putting his tongue down in it. <laughs> this is really bad. And you're right. I don't see how he's still what? Yeah. How are you still going down there, partner? This ain't how this works. And so she let him. But how you letting him go down there? Go down there again and see what happens. Everybody goes back to life as usual except her. Because she's not mentally ready. Oh, I'll be down. I'm singing karaoke this Friday. Because guess, guess who ain't finna be there? Uh-huh. Right. Because <laughs> mm. Sheeta ain't finna be here. I can tell you this right now. What, what's her name? Kashida. Because I done told her, <laughs> we go, we singing karaoke Friday. If I come in there and your ass is in there, I'm going to bust you dead in your damn head. Now come to work Friday. <laughs> Dog, I'm, I'm not going to be the only one nice. uncomfortable in my life. Right. She's too nice. I promise you I won't see her no more. Go down to that bar again. But she's down there. How are you not going to see her? Well, he can go down there, but when he come home, his whole bed going to be on fire as soon as he (laughs) should hear that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, we got to get out of here. Um, post your comments on today's Strawberry Letter at Steve Harvey <laughs> FM on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the Strawberry Letter podcast on demand. Now, coming up at 46 minutes after the hour, uh, we're going to talk to Junior about, you know, this story about uh, the Norman High School girls basketball yes. team. All right, we'll be back at 46 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 
All right, guys, it is time for Junior and Sports Talk. Junior, what you got for us today, please? Oh, surely. Okay, mm -hmm. we have to deal with this story. I'm really proud of these girls, though, but several players from the Norman High School girls basketball team have broken their silence about the racist game announcer, Mark Rowan, who called them the F-bomb and the N-word for their decision to take a knee during the national anthem. Take a listen to the young woman speaking out. I took a knee to stand against social injustice and racism. And when I first heard the news that our team was called the N-word, I was just in disbelief. And the broadcaster should be held accountable so something like this doesn't happen in the future. I'm like so proud of all of us for standing up for something so big. It's bigger than all of us. It's bigger than a basketball game to us. And that's why we um, decided to kneel because racism is so much bigger than everything. And we wanted to have a part in making a change. So proud of them. These are yeah, high school girls. These are high school teams. Well, you know something? I do support them young sisters. I, here's what Americans don't understand. Whose forefathers stole this country. This oh, national oh. anthem is not more important to us than the fight against racism. Yeah. And to draw attention to it, we've chosen to kneel during the playing of the national anthem to draw attention to it. Peacefully. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That was all it was. Yeah. We don't boo when it's playing. Mm -hmm. We don't try to sing over it. You can do that, but in protest that this flag does not represent all of us, sometimes they choose to kneel. Yeah. And can we get your attention on that? But oh no, you don't want to address that. Now this fool then called him an N-word and now he done blamed that on his diabetes. He had a spike. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Saying that's disgusting. he didn't think he said that. Did this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So your 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 disease, diabetes, caused you to have racism remarks? Is that what you're saying? That's what you're blaming that, that's it on? Exactly what he's saying. That's exactly that's what, the hell he's saying. what he's saying. That's inexcusable. That's, he's yeah. a race from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From and the that's another beginning. insult. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go, Junior. Yes, that's so, another insult. insult. Like, we yeah, that stupid. diabetic. Yes. If your insulin go up, it causes racism? Yeah. Mm. That's Damn, we're in a lot of trouble now, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> we ain't gonna ever solve this now. Now <laughs> your sugar causes it. Mm. Yeah. Right. I'll be yeah. damned. Right, right, right. So also the players have teamed up with civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump, although they're not planning to sue at this time. So we just want to say on the Steve Harvey Morning Show, we want to say congratulations to the Norman yes. High School girls basketball yeah, team where they located, for taking Junior? a stand in racism right there. Junior, where are they located? In um, Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Yeah. Oklahoma? Yes, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Norman, Oklahoma. Yes, oh, yeah. And they won oh. state. Yep. Go Damn. girls. All right, Junior, thank you. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it is award season. Oscar nominees are in. We'll talk about it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, guys, it's award season and all hail the queen. We are still riding high on Beyonce, making history with her 28th Grammy, becoming the most decorated female artist of all time. Congratulations again, B. Uh, yeah, she did her thing, did Yeah, she is more than Aretha Franklin. I mean, she's it. She's the most she's decorated it. female, yeah. Gone, All right, so congratulations. And um, now it's time to switch gears from music to movies. Uh, the nominations for the Oscars were announced yesterday. Uh, Ch Chadwick Bo Boseman was uh, nominated posthumously Best Actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm -hmm. 
Best Actress, Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Yes. 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 What a great down. movie. She really you did. Act. She was Billie Holiday. She wasn't yes, even ma'am. acting. She was Billie Holiday, you know? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Viola Davis, Best Actress from mm-hmm. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor, Leslie Odom Jr. Did you guys see One Night in Miami? What an awesome man. That's a bad boy movie. movie directed man. by Regina King. Yeah, he's really good. And he can sing, too. So. Triple threat. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Hey, yes, can yes, I yes. tell y'all something, mm-hmm. really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think of the female actresses out there today, and there's mm-hmm. some great ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But for my money, mm-hmm. the woman that I think that brings it every role is that damn Viola Davis? Oh, yes, Viola sir. Davis. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. She's Viola a legend. Davis, man. Yes. Viola She's Davis truth. is not a joke, man. No. That no, woman no, no, right no. there, boy. Yeah, she yeah. can act. Yes, I'm glad sir. She's finally getting act. her recognition and her. Yes. Yeah. Queen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know and, how uh, to act with with snot. That you know how hard that is. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. When she me. said, "I was standing right there with you to." I've been standing here the whole time, Troy. Oh my God. She won an Oscar for that role. She did. Uh, Okay. uh, Best Supporting Actor, like we said, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. And Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. Steve, you saw that movie. I'm telling you right now. If you haven't seen that movie, that's a dope movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a dope Mm -hmm. movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it really, it was really close to me, man, because of my two older brothers. But oh, that movie, man, because I was wondering, oh, man, what y'all doing? What's happening, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I was 11, 12. Mm-hmm. My, brothers was, my brothers was active. Yeah. Okay. For real. And, and we're, we're very happy for these nominations. Now, there are some snubs, as, they, as there always is. Uh, snubs for director nominations. Regina King did not get a nomination for directing One Night in Miami. Mm-hmm. And she should have. That was an outstanding movie. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Tommy, your boy Delroy Lindo did not get a nomination for directing The Five Bloods, the Spike Lee movie. Mm-hmm. With and Chadwick he did a Boseman. good job with that. Yeah, with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Academy Awards. This is the 93rd Academy Awards. Sunday, April 25th on NBC, on uh, ABC. ABC. Sunday, April okay. 25th on ABC. Mm. So there you well, go. Yeah. We watch it? We'll oh, yeah. yeah and we award season is so late. Yeah. Because of COVID and I right. guess them having to redo they everything in production. The, yeah. Know, with the virtual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to say this, too. Um, uh, the host of the Grammys, outstanding. Trevor Noah. Uh, Trevor Noah was so yeah. good. He was really, yeah, really was good. good. Yeah. He was fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was really, fire. really good. Y'all liked him a lot on that, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. He was good, man. Really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a- funny in Coming to America Part 2. He did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ZNN. <laughs> Zamunda. Yeah. National <laughs> News. <laughs> yes, if you haven't seen Coming to America, you got to check that one out, too. Check it out. <laughs> Trevor Noah is very smart, very talented. Yes, he's a clever mm-hmm. young man. He is yeah. witty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love him, man. Okay, Stand-up so... Would you say, Junior? No, I didn't I hear his you. stand-up specials are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just thinking. He seems to have his finger on the pulse of what's oh, yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. 
All right, we'll have more of today's trending stories on the Steve Harvey Morning Show, and uh, we'll be back at 20 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. And tell me something good news on the one-year anniversary of Breonna Taylor's murder. Megan Thee Stallion uh, announced that she and Fashion Nova would be donating, get this guys, $100,000 to the foundation created by Taylor's mom, Tamika Palmer. That is good news. Um, Breonna's name continues to be a catalyst for change and a powerful reminder that justice has still not been served. Megan Thee Stallion posted on the gram. The core mission of the foundation is to support economic, social, and racial justice through police reform and government accountability. Um, The foundation also seeks to help young people to realize their full potential, empowering them to participate in political process and uh, achieve better health with mentorship programs for high school girls, after school initiatives, and educational support. So to that, we say thank you to the brand new three-time Grammy winner, Megan Thee Stallion, for that good news. Wow. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Back. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, she looks beautiful news. at the Grammys, too. Uh, man, them young people was dressing on the Grammys, man. I was they digging it. Yeah. There was some cats in there that was giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it. that orange dress Megan the Stallion had on was my favorite. Yes, love. <laughs> yes, love. <laughs> Oh, you like it too, Junior? Yes, Lord. I was praying as she was walking up there to get that Grammy. Yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lord. All right, guys, we'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show at 33 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. It is time to ask the CLO Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey. Steve, this one is from Dana in the Bronx. Dana says, I'm 42 and I just let my mother move in with me and it's already a problem. She drinks a lot and has had men come by my house all hours of the night to drink with her. One of her visitors was coming out of my guest bathroom the other day and I was still in my nightgown. The guy propositioned me and I was furious. I told my mother she is not allowed to have men in my home anymore. She said, I can't tell her what to do. Well, how do I respectfully get my mother in line while she's in my home? CLO. Well, you can't tell her what to do in life, but you you can have rules in your house. Mm-hmm. And respect goes both ways. You're old enough now. How old does she say 42, she was? 42, 42. Who's 42? The daughter. The daughter's daughter 42. 42, and she just yeah. let her mom move in. Mm-hmm. Well, her mama got to go by the rules, or else, yeah. mama, where you want to stay? There but these go. men coming to me, propositioning me in my own house, that's yeah. unacceptable. I can't be in my home and be uncomfortable. Right. You can go out with me and just go meet them at the tavern, because that's what they are, they tavern dudes. Tavern? I love yeah. it. Meet them down at the tavern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shorties. So you got to put a stop to that. Well, where? Yeah. Shorties. Shout oh, the tavern. Shout out. <laughs> Always have some nice smitties. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you can tell she's an, a nice woman because she wants to know how to do it respectfully. Well, Meanwhile, you her have mom to establish rules. Her. Yeah. You can't tell her what to do, but you can you can decide what happens in your house. You can't tell her not to see men, but you can't see them in here though. That's right. You're gonna love this name out of Charlotte Colfax. <laughs> Colfax. Colfax. Henry Colfax, straight out of Cleveland. Come on, Henry. 
Koufax says, uh, my girlfriend and I had a weekend getaway in neighboring city, and my girlfriend made all of the plans. She booked the hotel. When we checked in, the girl at the front desk said, welcome back, and offered my girlfriend and I a discounted massage because of her loyalty point. I'm looking sideways at her all mm. weekend after that. Do I question her about being a regular at this hotel, or do you think it will come out eventually? Yeah. Well, no, nah, right. dog. When you meet people, people have histories. That's right. Ain't no need of you digging up the history. Mm-hmm. So she been to the hotel before. Welcome back. Maybe she liked the massages the down spa. there. Yeah. Ain't she could have went down there on girls' weekends. Ain't mm-hmm. nothing to say she was down there with some dudes. So, dog, what yeah. you tripping for? Colfax. Now yeah. these is the cold, cold facts. facts. Yeah. Everybody had a life before fo- they met you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and like you had one too. Yeah. So don't oh, blow now. a good thing trying to dig up dirt, cause whatever you dig up, it ain't really dirt. She didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Coming up, it is our last break of the day. And, of course, we'll have some closing remarks from the one and only Steve Harvey at 49 minutes after the hour, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, guys, here we are. Last break of the day. Uh, It's been a great day. And before we get out of here, we've got to say thank you. Thank you so much to Don Lemon. Um, Man. He always knows how to shed light on what's going on, you know, in the world at this moment. The truth. Yeah, Girl, at, yeah at this moment. Mm. And like mm-hmm. his book says, this is the fire. He said it best. We are in the fire right in now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really pulling for Cheryl Underwood. I hope I hope this is. Oh, yeah. oh brothers, listen to me. Oh, wait, listen to me. You don't even have to worry. This is not about Cheryl Underwood. Okay. Everybody from the top of CBS to the bottom knows she handled it with none but grace and a, and a queenly, stately manner. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is to find out the backlash they're getting from Sharon Osbourne mm-hmm. and how they're going to handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the, the whole hiatus is for, too? Tommy, yeah. the next day they came on the air and did not mention it. Right. Very and the brief. public is yeah, going, mention- yeah. oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I going to apologize mm-hmm. to Cheryl? I watched right. it, Steve. The very next episode, I said, that's it? That's right. it? Where's but the... see, she going to go to Cheryl's dressing room on her own and apologize. See, that ain't how this works. No, you you humiliate me yeah. publicly, mm-hmm. but you want to apologize to me behind doors. Yeah. No, no, no. Take your ass on TV like you did mm-hmm. when you was that dogging me so. and make the apology. Mm-hmm. Don't write a news story about me. Then the correction be on the in the classifieds. Yeah, yeah. See, a little no. bitty retraction. See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Mm. Hey, that leads me to my closing remarks today because uh, right. yeah, I wanted to share something spiritual with you all. Uh, something that really, really helped me out. Uh, I was listening to Joel Osteen. It's really old. But, you know, since I can't go to church, I, I go online and listen to sermons and messages and stuff like that. That's just my, to keep my spiritual side just fed. I'm not saying I do it every day because I don't. But it just so happened the other day I was watching a, a film from Joel Osteen. And what I do is when I go to YouTube, I kind of look for the subjects that I think might apply to me. Because I always ask God to show me what he wants me to learn today. 
And um, I don't know if this was the subject, but it was something to the effect of controlling your atmosphere. And I said, okay, that's something I might need. And I'll be doggone if it wasn't true and I sure needed it. And I wanted to give it to you today. You know, there's a lot going on in this world today that you cannot control. You can't control the news. You can't control what people say, what people do, how people act. You can control what you allow to come into your atmosphere. Because you have absolute control over your atmosphere. You have control over your thoughts and your emotions. You can choose to be angry or you can stop being angry. You can be mad or you can decide to not be mad. You can, de- you can decide to look at it positively or negatively. You can decide to listen to gossip and hearsay or you can decide to block it out. You have a say-so in what you allow into your atmosphere. He told a story about a man who was listening to talk radio every day before he went to work. And he would get into some spirited arguments. And he would be in his car just arguing his point with this talk radio show. Not that he was calling in, just getting mad at people's viewpoint. To the point where he came to work every day and he was in a bad attitude. And people at the job didn't want to hang around him, didn't want to talk to him at lunch. Because he kept bringing up all these controversial topics that he had heard on talk radio. And he wanted to voice his opinion. And people stopped hanging around him. And then one day, he was looking for the talk radio on Sirius. And he messed around and he stumbled across Joel Osteen and he started listening and so then the next morning he listened again and then he just started making it a habit and all of a sudden one of his friends at the office asked him hey man what is it different about you what are you doing and he said you know what I stopped allowing outside interference to enter into my atmosphere and it changed the way I acted behaved and perceived things And you have the right to do that. And I'm saying to everybody, what are you allowing in your atmosphere? You don't need toxic relationships. You don't. There's no reason for you to allow a toxic relationship to exist in your life. And I don't care if they family. If they toxic, they toxic. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to deal with toxic people. There's nothing that says, as a Christian, you have to tolerate toxic relationships. You have every right to remove yourself from it so you can make room for something else to enter into your atmosphere. So the moral of the story, what I learned was, Steve, you got to control and a say-so of what enters into your atmosphere. You have a say-so in that. I don't have to deal with you. If you're negative, if you're a naysayer, if you're a hater, if you spread gossip and lies, you you can't get in my circle. I'm trying to live a positive life. I'm trying to do the right thing. I don't need you in my day. It's hard enough trying to be successful. Now I got Miss Negativity, Mr. Negativity just coming along in my, I don't do that. Look, man, control what you allow in your atmosphere. It will make a huge difference in how you function and deal in life. The Bible says a man is as he thinketh. So what have you forced yourself to think about? Good or bad, negative or positive, you make the decision. It's your atmosphere. Keep it clean. 
and go on about your life. All right? Those are my closing remarks today. Hope you got something out of that because I sure did. Oh, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Hey, y'all, talk to God. He'd love to hear from you. For real. Y'all do that. For all Steve Harvey contests, no purchase necessary, void where prohibited. Participants must be legal U.S. residents at least 18 years old unless otherwise stated. For complete contest rules, visit steveharveyfm.com. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 